Welcome to Victorious Woman, a place of refreshing, renewal and replenishing in God's presence. And I know when I say unlimited love, some of us we are thinking we, we possess that love. There's no one who possesses that love except God himself. And I want us just to look through the Bible, through the word of the Lord, just to realize how immense, how deep, how wide, how high, how long the love of God is towards us. Just to appreciate that and just, you know, to respond accordingly to the love that God has for us as his people. And when we say the unlimited love of God, I want us to realize, like I said previous weeks ago, God is not only loving, but God is love. And God loves us as his people. And one way that God shows love unto us as his people is by being patient with us. How many of us know that we are not perfect? That sometimes, you know, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we disappoint God. But God is long-suffering because he loves us. He gives us an opportunity to repent because he loves us. And the Bible says in Corinthians 13, a love is patient. That is why God is patient with us. And can I say this? Not only does God love all of us, but God loves us individually. So you and you and you and you and you and I are loved by God. That is why God goes, you know, he, he, he goes all out just to make sure that he brings us into relationship with him because he loves us. Unfortunately, as much as he loves us, not all of us are well able to reciprocate that love. And God wants us to do that, to love him back in view of the love that he has for us. Not only does God love us as individuals, but God loves all people. Just say all people. All color, all creeds, you know, all nationalities, all ethnicities. God loves all people because people matter to him. Amen. I've actually realized that not all of us are well able to love all people. But the truth is, Mazalwana, some of us, we think God loves Christians. God loves those who love him back. But God loves all people. The Gnostics, God loves them because God loves all all men. God loves all people. God loves all humanity. That is why we should make it our business as well to love them. We may not agree with some of the things that they stand for, but we need to love them. And can I say this? There is, you know, sometimes we're thinking God loves us because we are doing something good for him, because we are performing good, because we are doing, you know, we're keeping his precepts, which is good. It's commendable. We are pleasing him when we do that. But I actually realize that there is absolutely nothing, nothing here on earth that you and I or anyone out there can do to make God hate them. Because God is love. God can never hate you. You can never do. He is not for some of the things that we are doing, but he would never hate you. Luke chapter 15, 
Actually, before we read, can I pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for your word. Oh, what a, a privilege for us to sit at the feet of Jesus, just to hear him minister life to us. Holy Spirit, may you speak to our hearts. May you minister to our hearts. May you minister life forevermore. And Father, I humble myself as I stand before your people. This is your bride. This is your church. The people you have purchased for yourself. I therefore pray, may I decrease as you increase, Lord Jesus. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor as your church is equipped, as your church is edified. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to it. Luke 15, 1 to 2. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. That is Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Let's realize that the Bible says Christ Jesus didn't come for the perfect. He didn't come for the righteous, but he came for sinners, you know, to call sinners to repentance. And here we see him receiving and welcoming sinners and tax collectors. But the scribes and the Pharisees, they began to complain. Just to prove unto them that he didn't come for those who are whole, but those who are sick. He had to give them three parables. The first parable is the parable of the lost sheep. The second one is the parable of the lost coin. The third one is the parable of the lost son. And I want us to take them bit by bit, read through the scriptures, understand what transpired, so that we may appreciate the love and the patience that God has for us, and so that we may hear what is it that God would have us do as we respond to that which he continually shows us, which is his unlimited love. Amen. Amen. So please, Church of Jesus, be open. Say, Holy Spirit, whatever you want me to do, I will do it because I believe the Lord is bringing this word so that he may see the fruit of it and the results of it thereafter. Amen. Amen. And I want us to start with the parable of the lost sheep. Verse 4, from verse 4 to verse 7. Luke chapter 15 from verse 4 to verse 7. It reads, What man of you, this is Christ Jesus asking, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. You remember I said Christ Jesus came for sinners. But all that I want you to note in this parable is that, you know, one sheep got lost. And the 99 were with this shepherd. But the shepherd goes after this one. You need to realize that this one sheep mattered to the shepherd. And maybe this morning you're asking yourself, who is the shepherd? I want to tell you that the shepherd or the owner of the sheep represents Christ Jesus. Yes. 
Christ Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He says, I voluntarily give my life for the sheep. So he has come. He was not coerced. He was not forced to give his life for us, his sheep. But because of the great love that he had for us, he gave his life for us. Because the depth of someone's love is determined by how far they are willing to go and what they are willing to pay. And we realize that it cost Jesus his life for us to be saved. And maybe this morning you're asking yourself, but why? Why do you love me so lavishly, oh God? This is the question that I normally ask myself. But why me? Amongst all the girls in Tembisa, amongst all the girls in my family, amongst all the girls in Baptist Church, that is where we grew, grew up in, why, God, did you choose me? Not only did you choose me for this great work that you are helping me do, but you saved me. And sometimes I ask myself, why? Because I understand I was not deserving of it. The Bible says, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me to show that I was undeserving of his love. Why? And the answer is, because you are precious. And I want us to personalize it. I'm not saying all of us as a group are precious. Yes, we are. But I'm saying all of us individually. Personally, you are precious to your great shepherd, who is Christ Jesus. That is why he came for you. And, and, and not only do we see that we are precious, but one thing that we need to observe, he lives, and, 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 and this great shepherd, who is Christ Jesus, he doesn't have hundred sheep. He's got millions, if not billions of sheep, of sheep. But then, when he realizes that he's missing one, that one was lost, he leaves the entire flock of sheep and goes after that one. And maybe you are that one. And I am here to tell you that the Lord is concerned that you are, 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 are lost. And the Lord has come just for you. And this morning, he said, I should tell the other 99 who are okay, just to relax. Do not act like an elder brother and say, why is the Lord rejoicing? Why is my father rejoicing over this one? But you need to know that the father wants to bring this one home. At least you are home. Celebrate the fact that you are with your father always. But that one, the father needs to make sure that he comes back into his presence. Amen. So I am here for the lost today. And I'm saying the Lord is looking for you. The shepherd is looking for you. And you need to realize that you are not important or precious. Because as a group we are precious. But you as an individual, I've actually realized that when, when I stand here and say God loves you, all of us as a group, it's easy for all of us to receive that. But some of us, because we've been rejected, because we've been neglected, 
because we've been abandoned by those who are supposed to love us. Sometimes it's so difficult to receive and believe the fact that God loves you. And I want you today to receive it and understand that, yes, they may have divorced you. Yes, they may have forsaken you. Yes, they may have abandoned you. But God loves you. God receives you. God accepts you. God wants you to have a relationship with him. That is why he's coming after you. So that he may bring you into his kingdom. So that he may bring you home. You are precious. You are precious. Before your God and before your, your shepherd. And, and the last thing that I want us to note. The shepherd or the owner of the sheep doesn't send a servant or someone else to go after that sheep. He himself decides to go after that. How precious does that make you feel? To realize that the shepherd decided to leave all this flock that is well just to come after you. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 16, we're not going to read, just, just note it down. It says, when he realized that there was no man who was fit to stand as an intercessor or to stand as a mediator between God and man, his arm brought that salvation. Meaning he decided to leave his throne in heaven as God just to die for you and I. So we need to realize that we are really special. That is why he left heaven. He died for you so that he may bring you home. Amen. So we're going to the parable of the lost coin. Let's go 15, 8 to 10. The first time he asked what man. And now he's saying, and you remember we said the shepherd represents who? Jesus Christ. So we're coming to the woman. And the Bible says, Oh, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Please underline or highlight, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And can I say, in this second parable, the woman represents the Holy Spirit. Not because of gender, I'm not there. I don't want to go there. Actually, I don't want to fight that battle. No, no, no. It's not mine. All that I know, there is no male nor female in the kingdom of God. There are no, you know, favoritism when it comes to God. All of us, we are his children. Amen? So I'm not there. But why am I saying she represents the Holy Spirit? The Bible says she lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She searches carefully. And can I remind you, church of Jesus, that it is the Holy Spirit who illuminates, 
who lights our minds, who lights up our minds. He lights up our hearts so that we may see the condition of our heart, the condition of our mind, so that we may walk, you know, in truth. He leads us into all truth because where there is darkness, there can never be truth. But the Holy Spirit is here even this morning to search your heart. Not only to search your heart, but to sweep your heart, to sweep your mind, to cleanse your mind, to sanctify your mind, to sanctify you. The Holy Spirit is here. Hi. It takes God in three persons to come and look for the lost. The Holy Spirit is here. And I assure you, he would minister to some of us just to say, you are the lost one. You are the one who's missing in the flock of God. You are the coin that is missing to this jewelry of this woman. And the other thing that we need to note is that a silver coin showed value. And maybe this morning you're asking yourself, but why, oh God? This is the second question. Why does God go to extreme lengths to find me and to bring me home? It's because you are extremely valuable. That is why the Bible speaks of the silver coin. The silver coin showed value during those times. So you are valuable. No one can buy you. That is why it took the blood of Jesus to buy you. To buy your salvation. To redeem your life. And the second thing that we need to note with a silver coin of those days, I'm not sure now, but maybe still, it, 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 this still, still holds true. On the silver coin, there was an image. The image of the ruler of that time. That is why when the disciples went to Christ Jesus complaining about taxes, when the people were saying we are paying a, a lot of money, why are we supposed to pay so much? Christ Jesus said, take out the coin. And he said, look at it. Whose image is on the coin? And they said, Caesar. And he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And render unto God what is God. Before we continue, can I ask you a question? Whose image is on you? Whose image is on you? The Bible says you were created in the image of God after his likeness. So if his image is on you, then don't render unto Caesar what belongs to God. Don't render unto man what belongs to God. Render yourself unto God for you belong to God. And the reason why you are valuable even unto God, every time he sees you, he sees himself. You may not be where he wants you to be. You may be lost. You may not be at home. But every time he sees you, it reminds him that you do not belong to any other person but him. That is why he's willing to go to great lengths just to find you and bring you home because you are 
valuable. Not only are you precious to him, but you are priceless. Can I say this to the men? You can never buy what belongs to God. Ilobola doesn't mean you own someone. Can never buy because to God, it was life for life. You remember, Christ Jesus had to come and lay down his life so that we may receive life. Life for life. Why is that? Because you are price, priceless. You are prized. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. People purchased by the blood of God. Hallelujah. You are valuable. Just tell yourself, I'm valuable. I don't care who said what to you. I don't, send, I don't care when they said that. Sometimes, some of us, even this morning, maybe some people told us, you are, you are good for nothing. You are worthless. You are useless. Not unto God. Unto God, you are valuable. That is why he has sent his spirit to light up the place. He has sent his spirit to cleanse you. And he is here, not only to search your heart, but to reveal who God is, to reveal the mysteries of the gospel. The Holy Spirit, he is a revelator. He reveals things, the deep things of God. That's what the Bible says. He is here so that you may understand. You know, we are saved, not because we understand, but the Holy Spirit makes us to understand. And then God draws us to himself because of that revelation. And this is what I'm praying for. Some of us, the reason why we are not saved, we are just churchgoers, church attenders, is because we have not gotten the revelation of who Christ Jesus is. And my prayer is, may we receive that revelation so that we may respond by surrendering our lives to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The value of a thing is determined by how much one is willing to pay for it. And Christ, or God, has shown that we are valuable because he took his only begotten and said, go and pay for their salvation. So that is why we are valuable. Let's realize that all the parables, they speak about people who lost their possessions. The woman, the shepherd, and the father, they all lost something. And all of them, they looked for that particular thing. And as soon as they've recovered it, they all rejoiced. Can I say unto you, heaven is waiting on you. The music is about to go live. The angels are waiting in their arrays, waiting, I'm not sure, what song they are going to pitch. But they are just waiting for you because they know this is your homecoming day. This is the day wherein you are coming back home because you have come to, the, to your senses as the Holy Spirit was busy convicting you. And we are about to celebrate. In Church of Jesus Christ, I don't want heaven to celebrate. I don't want heaven to rejoice without us. And all of us who need no repentance, when we see the sons and daughters of God Going back home, I want us to rejoice because this is the day 
that they are coming back home. But I want you to see the three things, those are the common things, but I want you to see one thing that is different between the prodigal, the lost son, and the lost coin, and lost sheep parable. The lost sheep, the shepherd went out looking for the sheep. He came back with the sheep on his back to bring it home, and he rejoiced. The woman, she swept, she looked all over, and she found a coin. She called the neighbors to say, come, let's celebrate. But the father, unfortunately, all he could do was wait. And you're asking yourself, but why, God? Why are you just waiting? You even ask the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, why didn't you go for him? He would have gone to that distant country and used his authority as a father to say, I'm taking you home. But you know, the problem is, when he is home physically, he can be, but his heart will be in the distant country. And some of us, that's where we are. We are home, but our hearts are not home. And the Lord is saying, I want the whole you, the full you, the complete you. I want your mind, I want your heart, I want your body. I want all of you, for you are mine. You are my creation. That is why I am jealous of you. Jealous not because I'm a bad daddy, but jealous because I know if you continue in that way, you'll end up perishing. I'm jealous for your sake. This is how good our God is. That is why he's waiting. And he has sent me to say, the reason why he's waiting is because you've got free will. He's given you the gift of free will. The sheep and the coin, they don't have free will. You know, sometimes I wish the Lord would have created us as animals, as objects. But no, God gave us a gift that these other things don't have, which is a gift of a free will. But if we are not careful, this gift can work against us. But today the Lord is saying, I've given you that free will so that you may choose me voluntarily decide to say, I want my dad. I am going home. I'm going to join my brother and my sister. You know the sad thing, the Bible says he had two sons, this man, as I close in Fundis. He had two sons. The older one was at home. The younger one left home and was lost. But this man waited for the lost son. And maybe you're asking yourself, why do you wait? It's because you are unique. God is waiting because you are incomparable. You are matchless. You know, if there's one thing that has wounded my husband and I when we lost a son, is when people, you know, I think they were, they were just commenting innocently because they didn't know what to say when they said to us, at least they've got other children. As if, you know, it should make the grief better, the pain better. Because whether you have children, other children or not, when you have lost a son, you still grieve. When you have lost a son, a child, you still mourn. They are, they are, they are, they are passing. That is why this man was saying, I'm not going to be content that my, my elder one is here. 
The older one is here. But I'm going to wait for that one. And the Lord is saying, he's waiting for you today. In your state, he wants to embrace you. And can I say this? I'm not talking about those who are supposed to receive the Lord only. Yes, I'm talking to you because you are lost as well. But I'm talking to those who have moved from where they are supposed to be, who have been backslidden in their hearts. The Lord is saying, come back home. And why is the Lord patient with you? Because the Lord knows your potential. The other people that don't, when they see you, it's easy for them to write you off and say, with that pusa face, with that thing, where do you think you are going? But the Lord says, I know. And the reason why I know the potential in you is because I have placed it in there. And I want you to come back. I see the capacity for you to develop into someone greater, someone of influence, even within this kingdom of mine. That is why I am waiting for you. Understand that you've got something in you, a treasure that we can't even explain. That is why the Lord is waiting on you. Who could have seen generosity in the greedy Zacchaeus? Who could have seen that potential of generosity except Jesus Christ? That is why after the encounter with Jesus Christ, Zacchaeus said, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions, more than I have taken from the people because of the work that you have done in my heart. Who could have seen that? You and I could have missed that. We hope you have been blessed by this message. Join our family by calling us on 011-976-0600 or email us on victorious at hrm.org.za. Let's